0: Security clearance level 3 or above is required to access files. Security authorization accepted. Program complete. Enter when ready.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 26, our debriefing of our second run of the Peak Performance OP event. Uh, It was a great time. We had, what, uh, six players? And, um, well, we're going to get to it, but first I want everyone to answer the question... Do you have a book or movie that you've either read recently or in the past, like distant past, to recommend to our listeners?
2: Hi, my name is Danish, and currently I'm reading a book by a fellow named David Weber, the science fiction author. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm reading the second book in his Safehold series, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, It's called By uh, Schism Rent Asunder, it's called. And uh, it is... Uh, Them's some big words. I know. It's crazy. It, it's a big book. It's a very thick book. And uh, he basically creates a world in which um, there has been an artificially created religion to keep uh, the, populace of this, the human populace of this world from discovering technology which will expose them to uh, potential genocide by an alien race. Um, and it's, it's an, a very interesting uh, book It uh, delves into a lot of science fiction concepts But also, uh, especially, uh, I, I enjoy the, the interaction between science fiction and religion in it I think it's quite, quite good um, It's a, a little long, but, uh, but very entertaining
1: hmm. Neat um, I'm Chris, and I'm going to recommend the first book I ever read for enjoyment purposes And that's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams um, not a new book, I, I know, but um, I fell in love with reading after that book. So that's, that's a great book. recommendation. And I do mean the increasingly inaccurately described trilogy. I think it's the ultimate edition <laughs> where all the books, with the exception of Mostly Harmless, which I think is not worth reading.
2: Is that why you end all of our Attack Wing games by saying so long and thanks for all the ships? <laughs>
1: yes, Exactly. I'm going to start doing that.
3: <laughs> that's also why he flies fleets that only have 42 squadron points.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be impressive.
3: That's that's why my
2: fleets always uh, hang in the uh, on the map in exactly the way that a brick doesn't.
1: Nice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, my name's Ryan, and uh, I just finished reading a three-book series. Uh, the first book's called The Passage. Uh, it's a novel by Justin Cronin. Um, it's really interesting. It's uh, an apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic um, story, uh, which is one of my favorite subgenres of sci-fi uh, about a virus that um, essentially kills most people, but not everyone, and it definitely turns them pretty cray cray. If I can go all middle school on your heinies, and, um, <laughs> and um, it's uh, it, it's kind of an epic. Series. The first book starts at the you know starts at outbreak and follows a couple of people and then you jump to about a hundred years later and by the end you've spanned over a thousand years uh, as as humanity uh, tries to cope with with this kind of incredible situation that they've been put into. It's it was fascinating. I could not put it down, uh, including several very late evenings uh, with much tiredness the next day but it was totally yeah. worth it and i would highly suggest it
1: you know i've actually tried to get into that series and i i couldn't do it um uh, but I, j- just not for me I, I um but it does remind me of a different series called the remaining
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh which is another it's like post apocalyptic uh virus outbreak um kind of similar in the vein of a zombie apocalypse type thing mm. But not quite, not quite zombies. Right. So, um, I, it's one that I would recommend to you if you enjoy the that type of uh, story. I when don't typically
3: enjoy, you know, zombies and vampires specifically, um, but this one definitely held my interest for a while for for the duration of the trilogy. I actually went out; I had borrowed the first book and then went out and bought all three of them. So
1: nice. And
0: that brings us to our special guest i'm timothy uh, guest host um i'm going to be the weird one and recommend a movie um i uh watched a movie recently it's not science fiction but it was quite good uh, i watched it recently with my youth group we've been doing a, a series on uh analyzing movies and we watched this movie it's called room uh and that was it's a, a movie about uh, a woman who's been uh, kidnapped and, and has a a child while she's uh, being held by her kidnapper. It's very good uh, it's a little bit um, little bit intense but it's uh, a very good look at um, uh, it's all from the child's perspective so it's very uh, a very good look at, at um, a child being thrown into a completely new situation. Hmm. Oh,
1: interesting. I'm surprised no one recommended Star Wars a solo story.
0: I enjoyed
3: it. I know that you didn't like the guy who played Han, but I don't care. It was it was a very entertaining movie and everything I wanted out of it. We We haven't seen it yet, so yeah. Yeah. All right.
2: We the last movie we saw in theaters was it was a little art film called uh, Avengers: Infinity War, something like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Was that anything? I haven't haven't heard of that one. Yeah.
2: It was you know it's it's a little sort of four actor uh, morality play. It's quiet, but. You know, I don't
3: generally get down into the village in the city to watch those type of films, but I'll I'll have to I'll have to see if I can get myself down there. Now. Yeah,
2: you, you kinda yeah. have to you have to kinda have to put up with all the patchouli smell in the in the theater with all the theater.
0: lots of berets, I, yeah I, I yeah. imagine.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, that so, was the longest introduction uh, ever, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I enjoy the flavor text and I'm gonna give it a shot. Here we go. In order to bring its forces to their peak performance level, now that the Borg are an imminent threat, Starfleet has issued orders for all the ships in its fleet to run battle simulations, creating scenarios in which newer, superior ships are battling older, weaker ones. In these simulations, all weapon systems are to be rendered harmless to prevent any actual damage from occurring. The Federation has enlisted the aid of the Zakdorn, a race known for their battle strategy to help them... In this endeavor, the sector master strategist Sirna Korolami, will run the simulations and assess the performance level of all the combatants in a game of Strategema, <laughs> <laughs> which which I personally only play for a um, a tie uh, you know um, a, a tie. I don't go for the win. It's, I just lose if I do that.
2: All weapon systems were rendered harmless. That pretty much describes my entire day playing this game. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes, I
3: am sorry, Danish. It was such a great idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, well, had...
3: I'm going to quickly go through the rules just to remind everyone. So there's a planet token in the center of the airplay area, and then you set up using the standard two-player rules. Um, the It's a regular planet to- token. Now, for the battle simulation itself, um, in this event, ships combat each other in a battle simulation. The simulation... Ships do not actually get destroyed. During the battle, all damage is recorded normally. If a ship would be destroyed, do the following instead. Remove the ship from the play area. uh, Remove all damage cards. Remove all disabled upgrade tokens. Remove any upgrade cards discarded from that ship specific ship. uh, Remove any cards that did not start the game on that ship from the game. And place a critical hit token on the ship's ship card. For returning ships, a ship that would be destroyed under normal circumstances will return to the simulation and continue battling. To do so, during the following planning phase, the ship's owner sets the ship up in his starting area, but not within range 1 of any other ship, and continues to play as normal. When the ship returns to battle, it comes into play with its shields restored to its starting value minus 1 for each critical hit token on its ship card. And as a note, any upgrades that were stolen or assimilated from the ship do not return to that ship when it returns to battle. To score the battle, uh, during the simulation, players will be awarded fleet points each time an opponent's ship would be destroyed. A running tally will be kept during each battle. These fleet points are a substitution for how fleet points are normally calculated. Uh, When a player would normally destroy a ship, they are awarded fleet points equal to that ship's total ship points. Now, if there are resources assigned to a fleet, a player is only awarded uh, fleet points for that resource when all of his opponent's ship cards have at least one critical hit token on them. a resource is not removed from the game after it is scored. I do believe, though, that if it's assigned to a ship, then it would be uh, you would get that those points for the ship. Is that correct, Chris? Is that how you rolled that? Yeah, that's correct. Right. And the game ends when the time limit is reached. Period. And the player with most fleet points at the end of the game wins the battle round. Uh, for every critical hit token on the opposing player's ship cards at the end of the game, a player will gain five fleet points.
1: Yeah, and that actually earned some people lots of fleet points in in some of their games. Yeah,
3: because they just kept coming and coming and coming.
1: Yeah. All right. So on to the fleets that were, were run. Danish.
2: Yeah, uh, there were six of us who played in this event. Um, and just briefly to run over them, and, and we'll... We'll make some changes. Uh, some of our our fleets were different than uh, originally presented in the briefing episode. But to start off, I did run the same fleet that I uh, said I would run in the briefing episode. My hope was to try out a six-ship six ship Tholian build, and I did. And uh, I ran six Tholians. Uh, one of them had a Ferengi captain on it with some gold-pressed latinum and a Ferengi admiral. But other than that, uh, there, was, there was Tholian all the way through, spinning their energy webs, and uh, basically popping like tiny balloons mm. as soon as anyone shot at them, even remotely.
1: Uh,
2: our friend Janet uh, was there, and uh, Janet ran a fleet which had uh, the IRW Kazara with a, a, a generic captain, had the USS Prometheus with a generic captain and multi-vector assault mode, had the USS Enterprise D with a generic captain, and the Fed photon torpedoes, and the uh, IKS Kronos 1 with a generic Klingon captain uh, running the all-stop resource for 130 points. Chris, now you made some changes, to, modifications to the fleet that you initially presented in our briefing episode.
1: I did. Um, I believe I originally presented uh, four, uh, three Vorchals and, and three fighters, and what I realized was that I could actually get m- more out of the fleet, so I went with um, three generic nebula class ships two of which uh, had just uh, generic federation captains and cloaked mines on them uh, one of those two ships also had matt decker as the admiral uh, mainly so that i could get to the total of 130 points i don't i think i used his ability once and that was in my very last match the third uh, nebula class was captained by calvin hudson and had the captured um, um, upgrade on it, so I got his uh, discount. It had Vertoron Pulse Trap, two Ferengi Torpedoes, Sakona, and the independent B'Elanna Torres on it. And then I had three generic uh, Federation Fighters. And, uh, yeah, that's the... Very good. When I, when I heard you were doing Tholians, I'm like, I gotta have a way to deal with that. So I went with uh Clip Mines.
2: So then uh, Roberto uh, was there as well. He ran his normal Weapon Zero with Degra, Kiafat Amansor, Patience for the Dead, Particle Beam Weapon, and Kazago. He ran the Fina Prime uh, with the Vidian Commander, uh, Evasive Pattern Omega, Hypothermic Charge, Jordi LaForge, and Tuvok. And his third ship was the Valjean, captained by Colo with Zindi Torpedoes, Denara Pell. And Dureth, he was running the co pilot resource. Um, so, very Zind- a very Zindi uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you want to run us uh, just briefly? Yeah, so I, so
3: I unfortunately missed the briefing episode uh, due to uh, I'm a music teacher and we just have all of the concerts. I had eight in three weeks uh, and suffered a concussion after the first one. So, that was, it's been a, a rocky road, shall I say um incidentally um i d- wanted to do a faction and fleet a faction pure um a dominion build and especially with the new faction pack that was released and the synergy between the bugs and some of the bigger ships i've just been dying to try something out uh so i started with the uh, third division battle cruiser for a punch uh which gives all jump attack ships within range one um, the defensive die gold was on there for the action economy I flew the second wing patrol ship, which is the plus two defense if within range with Yelgren on there so that I could hopefully do a little ganking up there at the opposing captain. The fourth wing patrol ship um, which is if it does a target lock gives one to uh, a range one gemfire attack ship that was great action a great action economy especially because I put War commander on there which allowed me to do that as a free action. so I got three actions with price of one on that which is awesome. Um, and Sensor Array on there just in case I wanted to have a scan on my ship and didn't want to die. Uh, the 6th Wing patrol ship um, gave me the uh, plus 1 attack die uh, with, uh, within range 1. And Gul Jassad was on there so that I could um, use his action to get up to uh, two, um, 2 attack dice. So that got that one up to 6 attack on most of my rolls, which was pretty awesome. Uh, as maneuverable as the bugs are with all those green movements. And then finally I, f- I flew the first wave attack fighters for additional punch with the Gaylord-class phaser banks on there. Um, initially I didn't realize that it would be taking a a token away. I thought that it was just a shield, uh, but that's okay. We made it work. Um, and that force rate was, was good because I was still able to keep them, keep, have them keep up with everything else, um, which worked great right up until I flew against the Tholians, and I was like, oh, I have to actually... Why, but
2: we'll talk about here. that when we get to the battle rounds. And uh, last, last but not least, is Timothy with his bill. Timothy, want you just briefly walk us through that?
0: Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm running the same fleet that I talked about in the previous uh, briefing episode. Uh, just to run you through it quickly, I was running a uh, suicide Bajoran inter- interceptor uh, with Jean-Luc Picard, Matt Decker as an admiral, two copies of I stab at thee. Uh, Tasha Yar from the Mirror Cardassian, uh, Goval, Chemosite, and Ramming Attack. Um, I had the Gressril, the new Gorn, with Khan Singh as Captain, uh, Yellow Alert, Disruptive Bombardment, Sakona, Rapid Reload, and Bohika. I had the Defiant 1764 with Captain Hazar, uh, Type 8 and Upgraded, uh, William T Riker, Defense Riker, uh, and Savik. and then I had a Ferengi Klingon starship, uh, the generic Burrell, with Captain Berta, uh, torpedo Fusilad, and Quark, who was hiding a uh, photon torpedoes, the Ferengi photon torpedo.
1: And I gotta say, I don't know how it went in the other game. So when I played you, to me your all star card is that uh, disruptor bombardment.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I I love disruptor bombardment a lot.
1: Yeah. Especially with the ability to use it every turn because of rapid reload, right? Um, you know, the uh, the suicide ship was concerning, but I think you got more bang for your buck out of dis- disruptor bombardment.
0: Oh yeah, well that that particular aggressor build is actually my favorite ship build ever. So, All right. I guess we'll be seeing it more. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> so when we got to the actual play rounds, uh, in round one, I was matched up with Janet. Chris was matched up against Ryan and Robert was matched up against Timothy. in my game against Janet, um, I started um, laying uh, webs almost right away and uh, I actually did get to use the the web once Janet crossed my web once and I rolled and at that point I had 10 dice attack. she was rolling no defense because of the tholian and it, it worked pretty much as I had hoped it would. Uh, It actually destroyed I think the one ship that I got uh, that game Um, But in the but on the way there Janet was able to destroy uh, pretty much all of my ships at least once and then uh, By the end probably twice uh, All of the ships so uh, Janet wound up with a a, a nice chunk of points. I wound up with I think 20 some odd points Um, So Janet Janet wound up with the win uh chris you played ryan guys want to talk about that battle sure i kind of feel bad about
1: this um because well i had set up with the idea of this is going to be a repeating scenario and i need to have a safe zone um so i put voter pulse trap out um and basically in my mind that says well my opponent's not going to place on this side because they're going to be running through this trap and it's just going to either slow them down or give them aux powers. And that would give me a place to start up and I could move around and then put out my um, cloaked mines to maximum effect. Ryan had small ships. So when I had my cloaked mines, it was kind of like devastating to them and he had a really hard time. I, I don't think I rolled them against him at all. But he had a hard time getting to be in range and getting me an arc because of them.
3: Yeah, I I didn't get to have very many actions because of the pulse trap. Uh, it ended up not being a huge deal, except for trying to plan my movements and, which is kind of my bread and butter. And I felt so constricted that that I was it was I was difficult not to get really frustrated by it by it. I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, there's two cloak mines out, there's a vertebral call strap out, and they're all on the one side, and you were just doing one forward, one back, one forward, one back. And I was like, Well, I gotta go to him. So it was what it was. Well <laughs> I was
1: doing that until you committed to a direction, and then, then I did move forward to engage you. Um but beyond like you
3: I think yeah, I think it was a couple terms after that, but yeah.
1: Um and um, you were you were using your green maneuvers to ignore the pulse trap, but that's why I also had the Ferengi torpedoes in there. It's like, well, those, I and that was, that, thing, run, that was the thing.
3: That was the thing because yeah. you had two sets of those, and you could just fire them every every time. That was a yeah. pretty that was a pretty intense thing. Yeah, I, I'm a
1: big fan of those Ferengi torpedoes.
3: It ended up being a lot closer than I thought it was going to be um, with yeah, my kind of
1: ships. Uh, I. Chips. I, I uh, was surprised that I was able to get the victory.
3: What I I should have done was committed to just go through them the one time and then fight at you, but I did not do that. I was trying to play play pretty.
2: (laughs) And the third game was uh, Timothy versus Robert, and Timothy and Robert had actually run their fleets against each other a bunch of times in uh, other games leading up to this event just as practice and sometimes Timothy would win, and sometimes Robert would win.
0: How'd it go uh, this time? So, yeah, as, as he said, we'd already played four times against each other. He had won twice. I had also won twice. Um, so we didn't quite know what was going to happen going into this. Uh, I did manage to pull out the win. Um, I was able to uh, use all of my attacks effectively against his ships, and uh, he... Um, yeah, it was, it was just a, a fairly standard game. We, we both flew directly up against each other and then uh, started into attacking. So uh, I did wind up winning. Uh, so, yeah. All right.
2: Heading into round two, um, I was paired up with Ryan, and uh, Janet was paired up against Timothy, and Chris played Robert. In my game versus Ryan, Ryan, we can talk about this. Uh, I, I think... I I, uh, had learned from my game with Janet uh, that I needed to do some better things with my webs. And uh, so I I started a different sort of pattern with my web weavers. And um, I created a a nest or a net for you to kind of fall into at my side of the the playing field. Um, But here's the truth, folks. Uh, When you play against Ryan, uh, Ryan is a skilled helmsman. And... um, (laughs) I just. Was I'm three points. three points. Or wait, he's only two, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> and you're not tournament legal. Um, but <laughs> don't, don't. but uh, Ryan was able to fly around the planet and basically uh, do perform some sweet maneuvering. Um, and basically, uh, only once did he he run up against my uh, my web. Again, it was a ten dice attack. He didn't roll any defense. It did a pretty good number on his ship. But uh, but that was the one time that uh, that I really was able to use the webs. I actually...
0: I, I do
3: have a picture of that which uh, which I can post on on the attack wing page at some point where it was just before I was still flying in formation and I was right at your web's doorstep and I and I'm just sitting there thinking, well, I have an idea of what each ship could do, but I. It, it's either gonna work or fail miserably. And by some miracle, every ship that went exactly where it, I needed it to go to not to, to neither crash into the planet nor each other nor uh, the webs. And I don't that's still probably in my mind. that's that's probably one of the most one of the times when I've um, been most proud of my my maneuvering.
2: <laughs> you, you did a fantastic job. What I found was uh, amazingly enough that I, I wound up killing uh the The ships that I killed against Janet and the ships that I killed against you uh i I killed with my f- uh tholian phasers rolling three dice or two mm-hmm. dice rather than with the web um, which was
3: surprising I think it was wise of you to focus on the fighter too because of it's it's such a you know no defense and no shield one haul I think with the three attack that was that was the ship to to focus on or the
2: so i i think I mean, uh, ryan was able to squeak out a win uh i think you had about you got about uh 200 and so, 300 some odd points against me and i <laughs> i got about 50 uh, for, off of you so that was a it was it was it was a very tight battle but uh but you were able to pull it out uh the other table was uh, second table was janet versus timothy timothy you want to talk us through that battle a little bit
0: Sure. Yeah. So, um, I, I did play Janet. Uh, the interesting thing that, uh, Janet wound up doing, and and this is, I'd been playing Robert who, uh, usually sets his ships up on one side of the planet. He only runs three of them. So, uh, I would always set my ships up also on that side of the planet. But what Janet did was she had four ships and she put two of them on one side and two of them on the other side. Uh, that kind of threw me for for a little bit. Um, just because it was not what I'd been used to playing for this scenario. Um, But I did recover, and I did manage to pull out the win. I, uh... I was able to uh, destroy a a good number of her ships. Uh, She got a couple of mine, I think, but, uh... Well, she got my suicide ship, certainly, but uh, through no fault of her own. Um, And... uh, but I was able to uh, pull out the victory.
3: Now you had you had eye stab at the on the suicide ship twice. Yes, that must have just been vicious when it worked.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I had a couple of times where I would roll six. Uh, I I rolled rolled six dice basically, and uh, I had a couple times where I would roll six hits, and it was pretty Whew. devastating.
2: Both Timothy and I decided we were going to bring builds that were a lot of fun. And the suicide uh, was really the most fun for Timothy. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I just enjoyed uh, the the oddity of being a Tholian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: Chris, you played Robert as well. How'd that battle go?
1: Um, I was very concerned because he was running Colo. Um, but because of using... Uh, cloaked mines and the verteron pulse trap he set up on the opposite side of where I put the trap and I was able to set up using the trap uh, trapped offside as a safe zone Um, when I finally deployed my cloaked mines it caused him to separate his ships so he wasn't really able to use colo as effectively as he normally would have and I also just targeted the colo ship because I knew I could get the points off of it he was going to be firing his big bad particle beam weapon and a fighter and taking off one token um and then he also had diverted his uh, third ship to the other side of uh, flying like through the planet and i was able to use my nebulas against that so i basically had nebulas fighting one ship fighters fighting two ships and i was able to take them down i think um i blew up uh all of his ships once and both the Valjean and the, um, the, the Vidalion Onion ship twice. <laughs> um, he was able to get two of my ships, I think. Um, but again, like I, there's never a situation when I go into the, to our matches like, oh, I got this anymore. It's always like I am very anxious about how every match is going to go, which is just talking to the quality of the builds and the play that I, we're seeing at our events.
2: Uh, round three featured Chris versus Timothy in the title battle. Uh, Robert versus Ryan. Uh, Janet needed to leave. And so um, I got the buy, which was great. Because honestly, after moving uh, six Tholian ships for two uh, rounds and laying all those webs, my brain was fried. So I was glad mm-hmm. to have the buy. Uh, Chris and Timothy, how did that battle go?
1: Uh, well, Timothy got to use his suicide ship a couple times. Um, I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, I but I was able to minimize the damage from it by having you uh, having it affect fighters, uh, mainly. And um, yeah, I I kept my Nebulas way back. Um, it was this was even more of a forward and back thing until you committed, and then I did it commit forward with my fighters, and you took out what three of my ships.
0: I took out uh, two fighters and two Nebulas, I think, so four. Oh, oh. Nice. Uh, I, I remember. I definitely remember
1: one fighter. I and two Nebulas. I'll take your word for it on the,
0: on two fighters. I'm pretty sure um, I got two fighters. I might hey. be wrong, but I, I think I did. Uh, so I mean, I, I he set up his Verteron Pulse Trap, and I kind of uh, I was a little bit indecisive at first with my maneuvering. I turned all my ships to the right to go around the planet, and then wound up turning two of them back to go uh, a, kind of a, a split forces sort of thing. I had my Suicide Ship and the Gorn Ship on one side of the planet uh, going straight into the Vertron Pulse Trap, but uh, I, that wasn't much of a problem for me, the Vert Trap. I was able to do a bunch of green maneuvers, and it. it didn't do much. Um, and my Klingon, uh, Ferengi Klingon, and my Defiant 1764 went on the other side of the planet, both of them got uh, cloaked mines coming directly yeah, in their they face. they
1: got chewed up by choke- cloaked mines.
0: Oh, yeah. They were uh, very, very uh, unfortunate with those cloaked yeah. mines. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the cloaked mines were really deadly, and I, I just wasn't able to uh, get around them.
1: And I know towards the end, you had your uh, suicide ship that w- respawned coming in, and I'm like, well... I know where he wants to be so he could use his, you know, your, your, um, attacks. Um, so I moved my ships. Like I tried to stack them and collide with themselves to block off as much of the area as I could to make you crash into me there. And so you wouldn't be able to get close enough to my more fragile ships. And I think that was like the last round of movement. And I was like, whew. Um, but that, that was a very close game. Uh, and, um. That was an uh, excellent game.
2: Uh, Ryan, How did you, if you were keeping track, here are the results, right, Ryan?
3: Uh, well, well no, I'm going guys... to describe my game first with Robert. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, and then we'll go to the results, which ended up being quite interesting itself in, in a battle for second place. Uh, so Robert and I played against each other, and uh, he ended up drawing first blood. He, he took out the fourth-wing patrol ship in the third round of maneuvers. I tried to get around the planet to go, um, uh, to try and get in behind him, hoping he would creep out first. Uh, He ended up, we were on diagonal sides of the board and set up, so he ended up going out pretty quickly as well, though. Um, So I did about face with all of my, um, with all my uh, ships. That got us lining up. We were basically jousting just two, uh, you know, a turn and a half later. Um, But he, on the first round of fighting, destroyed the fourth, wing which was the action economy ship Uh, but i was able to respond and we were on my half of the board so i I was back in the battle that following round as a matter of fact uh with that one but i was able to respond by destroying the valjan and Fina prime um he did give me heavy uh, damage on the cruiser that in that fourth turn um the following round he did also destroy the cruiser i damaged the weapon zero pretty well but i never got the kill on it we played a sixth round in which I destroyed the Valjean rate as the time was ending, though. But one thing I did learn about this during this one is that when you are, if you are playing peak performance, your only goal should be get the ships on your side so that he has to take two turns to get back to you and you're there on the next turn with a, with a healthy ship. That is the way to win this. And uh, I, I, was, I had had a lot of ideas, um, like, you know small ships that you could, you know, maneuver around quickly and or whatever. None of that was nearly as important as as being able to mitigate the the effectiveness of their fleet as a whole. And that's that's how you do that. So there you go.
0: It's just amusing to me. I was looking I was on the table next to this game and I I looked over at one point and I saw that all of Robert's ships were approaching from ryan's side of the board and all of ryan's ships were approaching from robert's side of the board and i just found that amusing.
3: it was pretty funny it really was pretty funny but I, i'm glad that ended up happening just because i was right there for the following for the following round all right and that brings us to the results uh, in sixth place um which is it's fascinating danish that you managed to get 165 points but you finished in sixth place i that's that's crazy anyway uh, in fifth place, uh, Robert uh, was 0-3 with 245 points. Janet was in fourth place with a 1-2 finish at 316 points. And this is this is where it's really interesting. Both Timothy and I uh, finished 2-1 on the day and were within within nine points of each other. I had 428 fleet points while Timothy had 437 for second place. So congratulations, Timothy. But that's—I mean—you're looking at, at in terms of percentage, that's that's two and a half percent. You know what I mean? That that's just that's just fascinating how close it was, uh, it was to each very other. very
0: close. You fought well.
3: Uh, and as did you. I, I really like a couple of your builds, and I might steal a couple of. Uh, anyway, uh, Chris <laughs> came in first place with the uh, only patron to get a three and 0 oh victory with four hundred and ninety-two points in three battles. Well, so, the vast majority
1: of them in in rounds two and three.
3: Yeah, we almost <laughs> stalemated each other. We really did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, which brings us to the news. Yes,
1: yeah, so quite a bit of interest, uh, exciting news that, uh, for us. Uh, Nationals is being held at Origins Game Fair on June 13th through the 17th. Uh, there will also be quick play events, and what I saw because I looked through the events is the first ever co-op campaign event. No, hmm. I'm kind of. I really want to see what that is, um, and I hope it's coming to what the next piece of news is that the world's tournament is being held at PAX Unplugged, which is not too far away in, from us in, in uh, Philadelphia, November thirtieth through December second. Um, I can announce that, barring some emergencies, at least one of us from our normal podcast group will be there. Uh, basically, I've already bought my three day pass so um chris peters who is crazy vulcan he does um the mods for tabletop simulator and he does the utopia fleet builder uh is creating some rigs to record uh audio and video of uh matches at the world's tournament and we're going to do some post uh match uh analysis of the of the games i'm looking forward to that um Unfortunately, I don't know which date is uh, going to be on because the Pax Unplugged website doesn't have a schedule of events up yet. But I'm also really hoping that they bring the co-op campaign event to Pax Unplugged because I'd love to play in that. And um, I'm hoping, as an unofficial thing, that we're going to run um, our ne- our homebrew event that we're running next month there for people mm-hmm. who want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of that, um, our venue is moving again. The store is relocating. Um, it's going to take our normal uh, time, uh, which is normally the second Saturday of the month. So they will still be in the process of, re- of moving and reopening. So we're going to move to an alternate location, uh, which we will announce in our briefing episode. And we will be holding a homebrew event that I, I created called Assassin. And I'm really excited to be doing this one, um, And so keep an ear out to your podcast catcher for our next episode, which will be a briefing episode for that event.
0: This is the scenario that we've been waiting for for several months. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. Been yeah. Sitting like here everything at WizKids. At you listening. know what,
3: Chris, you should go work for WizKids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Chris, Timothy, we do
1: that one? Sure, sure.
2: Yeah. Timothy and I, this is one of the few events that Timothy and I have made multiple builds for just to try <laughs> to figure out. That we're really excited about Assassin.
0: Oh yeah,
1: and with with the new ships and the new point costs and some of the new, it's this is a wide open field for what can be done. I'm really excited for it.
0: <clears throat> Deep space <Swiss>
2: nine, <clears throat> <laughs> always a bad choice,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> except when you want something to watch. Yes, <laughs> that that is very
1: true. <laughs>
2: I'm looking forward to that. So we're we've reached the end of the Star Trek Attack Wing Battle Bridge podcast. Thank you for joining us for this debriefing of our second run through of peak performance. Uh, this has been this, your star Trek attack. battlebridge battle bridge hosts. We're glad to ha- have been here with you for this time. Thanks for joining us. Um, last, my last word is, uh, getting ready for Trek. Condoroga. It's a star Trek convention coming up in August. Uh, dot is the place to go. Uh, they've just put up all information about the event, uh, including, uh, the uh, the cost of the event and other things, um, but the the big news, of course, for Trek Kondoroga is the headline uh, celebrity will be Carl Urban, uh, who played Dr. McCoy in the Kelvin. Hey, that's the uh, guy from the right. Doom movie.
1: Actually, he's the guy from the Chronicles of Riddick movie. <laughs> uh,
2: perhaps he also was in the Bourne movie, uh, one of the Bourne movies, and he was he was uh, um, a eomer in the uh, lord of the rings movies as well uh but
1: he's did he play a did he play a villain in one of the avengers movies like all the other people who were in lord of the rings
2: i you cut out there for a second i didn't hear what you said i
1: asked if he played like a villain one of the big bads in a a marvel movie like all the other people who were in lord of the rings
2: yes he has also played that art that that artsy movie i think yes Well, he's going to be at Trek and he'll be doing uh, tours, he'll be leading tours of the Star Trek original series sets, uh, and potentially even in costume and character as Dr. McCoy. So, uh, you know, that seems like the sort of event that you don't want to miss. Uh, com. (laughs) T-R-E-K-C-O-N-D... E-R-O-G-A Eroga Eroga
3: <laughs> And that is in listening. Ticonderoga, New York Which is uh, northern New York For basically anyone in New York it's, uh, It should be a fantastic
2: event Check it out I hope to see you there uh, if, uh, if you if see me there Let me know you listen to the BattleBridge podcast Thanks for listening And uh, live long and prosper Program complete